right, so we're back after a long layoff uh, with our mega draft here. We're finally, finally can see the end of the tunnel here. We're in the last three rounds. Uh, so this one's probably going to be a little bit different since it's a bunch of, you know, randos who only NBA sickos are going to know. We're probably just going to go pretty rapid fire back and forth. Uh, just a quick recap. We're drafting all 30 teams 15 spots so it's of 450 players we're down to the the real nitty-gritty here so what what since i guess we did pick these a little bit ago what was your strategy for these last couple picks was it just rattling off players that you know doing some real historical deep dives or just drafting for you know shooting or backup point guard or anything like that a little of both um trying to go with mostly people that i knew but that didn't go there weren't enough people out there that we knew right at some point it was was just like are you gonna pick andrew wiggins over some guy who's actually a you know five-time all-star from 1964 just because he was the fourth guy on the celtics but yeah yeah, it's 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 impossible to judge between you know a good borderline hall of famer from 1968 versus like jamal murray who's probably way better at basketball (laughs) than them yeah and it's always tough with like the younger people too like Jamal Murray and Siakam and guys like that who right maybe made an all-star team or uh, like Murray's kind of on been on the verge the last couple of years and it's like you don't really they're like 24 you don't know how the next 10 years are going to play out for them yeah you're almost kind of drafting for like potential like what could this guy be in you know 10 years could DeAndre Ayton blossom into a you know an NBA champ which we yeah. probably weren't looking at four or five months ago when we started this project but now it looks like he might be one of the 20 best players in the league yeah people are comparing him to like david robinson now and yeah like when we started this he was iffy to even get drafted right people thought he was almost like he was a bust at that point Mm -hmm. he wasn't getting along with chris paul he had you know hands of stone and now he could Andre Iguodala win a finals MVP if he gets a you know a roast beef 20 and 20 game all right so uh without stalling too much anymore we're just gonna go rapid fire for the last 90 picks here so um if you if you know more than probably 10 or 15 of these guys you're a NBA sicko which is great but if not you could skip ahead (laughs) Uh, great advertising by me. So I'm going to start. I picked uh, a very old player named Carl Braun first in the 13th round. Go ahead. <laughs> I got nothing to say about Carl Braun. Yeah. He, I think he's in the Hall of Fame or close to it. Yeah, I think like a lot of these get older guys are like could have been in the Hall of Fame if they got in in like 1975, but now never will. Okay, so for the second pick, I picked Cassie Russell. It's a cool name, at least. Cassie. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he was he in was... like the 70s or something. So he's probably yeah, th- fun guy. I think he was on some of those Knicks teams back in the day, but I'm not he... 100% sure. 
I know nothing about him, but he reminds me of uh, the. I think it was Mackay Pfeiffer's character in fuck. What's the what's the Will Ferrell like ABA movie? Oh, oh god, I can't now. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of that name. I want to say Tropic Thunder, but I know that's wrong. But yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Too. He he reminds me of that guy. Where it's like he probably just like dribbled around people and did some weird shit. Uh, so I picked Frank Ramsey. Shooting guard, old guy. All right, and then I picked somebody people might actually know. I picked Jamal Murray. Um, he's been like a borderline all-star lately. Tours ACL or something a couple months ago, so he's been out of the playoffs. But he at least has a bright future, so I felt like he should be included in this. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely one of those guys who's going to be Good He'll enough. Be at some securely, point. yeah, on this, probably higher up on this list in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So after Jamal Murray, I picked Larry Kennan, Keenan, power forward, averaged like 20 some points at some point. So he's fine. <laughs> um, and then I picked Utah Jazz great Daryl Griffith. Great is a very strong word. He's fine. <laughs> uh, like so f- after that. <laughs> I picked uh, Tom Sanders. Um, And then I went ahead and picked, I think, Denver Nuggets. Air quotes, great Michael Adams. And I took, you know, Cassie Russell's long-lost cousin, Campy Russell. (laughs) I don't think they're related, but Cassie and Campy Russell would be, like, the coolest backcourt ever. (laughs) Uh, and then I went ahead and took DJ Ronnie Cycley. Add <laughs> some beef to this team. Speaking of beef, I uh, took Truck Robinson after that. And, and you kept the beef train going. Even more beef. I picked uh, Jonas Valanciunas in his <laughs> string of roast beefs this season. He was like third behind like Gobert and I can't even like Clint Capella or something in 20 rebound games. You don't think of him as yeah, he like an really all-time good, good player, but he's like he's consistently like 15 and 10 for the last and, like five yeah. years. And he's only like 28, I think. Yeah, he's not that old. Young. All right, so after him, I picked Happy Hairston. And then I picked Don Ole. And then I picked the clear best player in the whole draft because uh, I picked myself. <laughs> I picked Phil Ford. Uh, he was pretty good uh, for like three years. I mean, he was what I think the number two overall pick in like 1976 or eight or somewhere in there. He was like a two-time ACC player of the year. Yeah, like really He's one of the best college. college players ever. And I think he was, all rookie rookie of the year and like third team all nba is rookie season then he got hurt in like the middle of his third season and just never never figured it out after that but he was he was really good for like two years (laughs) yeah even with that injuries he still had a a good couple years just it makes me feel good that there's a phil ford out there who is actually good at basketball because god knows i'm not (laughs) Okay, and then after that, I took world-class asshole John Starks. Hopefully he doesn't go two for 18 or whatever. (laughs) 
Yeah, always beefing with Reggie Miller and not too much success. All right, so after the legendary John Sarks, I took Bill Bridges. And then I picked Larry Costello. And then Randy Smith was next. And then after him was, uh, could have been Steph Curry, Monte Ellis. And they <laughs> picked, was it, who was that? Was that the Bucks that I think had the so, choice? yeah. They and they picked and they, Monte Ellis. Yeah. Who, I mean, he, people make fun of him for just being one of those guys, but he, he did score like 25 26 27 points a game for like three or four years in a row yeah like he, he was, was a good he, was, he was like for gilbert while. arenas light for like four seasons didn't do anything else but no <laughs> but hey steph curry is only like you know the 12th best player of all time <laughs> yeah, he was picked in like the first round <laughs> okay so after monte ellis i took probably the best shooter left off the board kyle corver can never have too much shooting. Yeah. And then I picked, I think, Celtics, like, backup steady point guard Casey Jones. And coach, eventually. And yeah, he, can... he coached them to two championships in 84 and 86, I think. Yeah, he could be God, my... Bill Simmons is going to kill me. <laughs> I mean, that last couple rounds of this team are stacked. We got Doc Rivers, Paul Silas, Casey <laughs> I, Jones. Yeah, just... All coaches. I think Let's Gene Shu coached for a while, actually. Uh, so after then, Casey, I took uh, Minnesota Timberwolves legend Wally Zerbiak, aka Wally's World, who's got the most punchable face in franchise history, <laughs> literally, because KG punched him in the face. But I mean, he was a one time All Star and at the time, probably the second best player in Timberwolves history before he got traded. Which God, is that's bad. Uh, I can still after... I can spell his name though. I can sp- like cold. I can it's like on Tedakumpo. I can, I can <laughs> spell it without looking it up, and that makes me feel good about myself. Yeah, with the double Z's. Double Z's. That's what always trips me up. All right. So then after Wally's world, I picked MJ's close personal friend Sam Perkins. Definitely really good. Yeah, he was he was really like solid. solid. I think he had like a hundred and ten win shares or something in his career, which you wouldn't think of, but he was just on like good teams for his whole mm-hmm. career. After that, I picked Kevin Porter Sr. <laughs> if his Maybe kid Kevin. is good, he could team up with Jalen Green this year and they could have a nice fun little backcourt with John Wall kind of mixing in there. But Kevin Porter Sr. was pretty good for a while. All right. And then I picked whoever Guy Rogers is. And then I took the Latvian laser, Kristaps Porzingis. I think, oh God, I hope he's Latvian. This is one of those. Um, trouble in the Baltics <laughs> if he's not. Then I picked Bobby Wanzer. Wanzer. Uh, so I took Jeff Petrie, second to last pick in the 13th round. And then the last pick in the 13th round, I picked uh, possibly the Bobcats' greatest player ever, Gerald Wallace. <laughs> Gerald Wallace was great. He was pretty good for, like, for a couple like of years. Paul Millsap from like 04 to 08. 
Yeah, he was was like a one time like all star. Fourteen and eleven. Yeah, it's just like a solid guy. Just couldn't really keep it up past a couple of years. Okay, let's kick off. I had the first pick in the fourteenth round, and I took dunk champ Jason Richardson, who was also one of those stealthy, like pretty solid players in the mid two thousands that people kind yeah, of forget about. He was he was like Baron Davis in that like you know oh two oh three range, where it's like you remember him as being okay and then you look at his stats it's like oh shit he averaged 23 points in a time where scoring wasn't easy generally for some shitty teams but (laughs) people discount scoring i think a little too much like you still got to be able to put up 20 points a game Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so after that i took a guy who wasn't a prolific scorer but he was a prolific shooter and also got punched in the face uh steve kerr who could coach the shit out of any of these teams and then i picked roy tarpley who would have been way higher on this list but i think he got into drugs and only yeah. had like two or three good like years. two really good years and then i think he got like banned from the league for a couple years and didn't yeah, do much he afterwards was, i think he was in that just big drug crackdown Mm-hmm. So after him, I took a man who was once traded for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Junior Bridgman, and he's like the third or fourth most like wealthy former basketball player of all time. He's worth like six hundred million dollars. How? He's made a bunch of good investments. Damn, good for him. Yeah, they always do like a list of highest earning. And former NBA players, it's like MJ, like Magic's like second, and then it's always like Junior Bridgman. Jesus, he was not that good. Uh, after him, I took uh, everyone's favorite white chocolate, Jason Williams. Hopefully, he can and throw my guys some elbow passes. God, his highlight reel is still like the. I'll, I'll watch just Jason Williams highlights like once every three months just to feel something. <laughs> uh, but after that, I think we kind of go on a run of like we felt bad leaving these older guys off for a while. So I picked Rudy LaRusso. I picked Joe Caldwell. I'm pretty sure it was called. actually pretty good but yeah i followed that up with andy phillip i think he was like an old 50s guy who point guard who averaged like 10 points and six assists but he won like three championships or something and then i picked willie Knowles, and then finally i took the shortest player ever muggsy bogues it wasn't famous great uh what are they called in Space Jam? Monstar. Monstar. <laughs> Somehow. Most random team ever. Well, that's his... fucking Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing, which are fine, and Larry Johnson, whatever. And then a Sean Bradley and Muggs. It's like just, oh, the tallest guy in the league and the shortest guy. It's like, yeah, but they're not that good. Especially Sean Bradley is not that good. Right, you always try to, like, I always remember Space Jam's like, yeah, all these, like, the dream team pretty much, and then you actually look at it, it's like, it's pretty much just Barkley and Ewing. Yeah. All right, so after him, I picked Scott Wedman. 
And then I went super new school, uh, just kind of a potential pick, but I picked Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who had a really awesome season before he got shut down for Oklahoma City. He's one of those guys who's probably in that next wave of like, maybe not superstar, but like a De'Aaron Fox type where he's going to be the the sixth best point guard in the league for the next 10 years. And he's going to make, you know, two, three, four all-star teams. And he could be, he's a nice building block around that you can build around. He's probably mm-hmm. the like 34th best player in the league right now or something like that. Yeah. Then I picked, I'm pretty sure, former number one pick, Austin Carr. He's insane on, I think he does Cleveland Cavaliers broadcast. <laughs> he sounds like Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, God. It's amazing. Uh, so after Austin Carr, I took my guy Dale Davis. I had a card of him when I was like seven, and he was probably like the third best player I'd ever heard of by then. <laughs> yeah, I always thought he was way better than he was. <laughs> It was fine. He was on those Pacers teams that went to the playoffs every year, and he was like their third or fourth best guy. Okay, and then I picked Tom Van Arsdale, which is a pretty dope name. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not quite his – I think it was his brother Dick, Dick Van Arsdale, who was a little bit better than him, but Tom was fine. So after him, I picked Al Adels, and then you got the steal of the draft, <laughs> the man himself. Former number one overall pick. Traded for Kevin Love. (laughs) Andrew Wiggins. (laughs) Should be. If we got our way in the last like six years since we don't ever shut up about him, even after he got traded, should have been in like the sixth round. Yeah, if if we started a podcast six years ago, it would just be the Andrew Wiggins podcast and it would just be us staying up till three in the morning, getting drunk, and just be like, oh, I just really need Andrew Wiggins to like, you know, make like nine all-star teams, maybe be like, you know, third in MVP voting one year, win a championship, and just be like the 35th best player of all time. And we've basically had that same conversation for like six years. Literally all we talked about for like six years. Right. And none of it happened. None of it happened. He's a fine, he's Rudy Gay. He's a fine player. He can be your fourth or fifth guy, your sixth man on a, you know, a a nice grindhouse uh memphis team or a san antonio team or something like that that wins 54 games and makes it to the western conference finals but right also he's not he's, kobe yeah which is, he's not maple jordan he's what maple he does, rudy gay if he does this when clay comes back he's probably still gonna make an all-star game or two because they're gonna win 50 games and right. people are going to all of a sudden be like, ooh, Andrew Wiggins, he's pretty good. Well, they, they already did that this year. He's literally got the same stats. We he shot a little bit this, better. He shot a little bit better from three, but everything else is like down the line basically the same. Like his efficiency is slightly better than the last like two years. And people are just like, ooh, finally, Andrew Wiggins straightened out his game and is playing way better defense and just like engaged. Like, no, you're just watching him more. And he, it doesn't matter. He can just pass to Steph Curry when before he was passing to, you know, uh, Shabazz Muhammad. Yeah, I was. I always He's hated the same guy. Slander. Yeah, he really hasn't changed. Got 
maybe a little bit better shooting because he took better shots because he's with a because he's open because he's with he's the best open, shooter of all time. He's with Curry with a way better coach with Kerr. Like of course he's going to be a little bit better. And it's still only like I think like 37, 38% from three. It's not like yeah, he's not some like he dead eye shot. knockdown shooter shooting 43%. He's still right. average. Well, yeah, people acted like he shot like 22% for the Timberwolves. He shot I'm pretty sure his last like 35. Year he shot like 34, 35. He was his last fine. year, his last half year before he got traded for the Timberwolves is way underrated because he was averaging like 22 points. He was shooting pretty well. I think his PER was like, you know, 18 or 16 or like better because it's just because of the one year before that where he was terrible, where he averaged like 17 and a half points and shot 32% from three. Yes. Yeah, his last Jimmy year with Butler, the Wolves was actually pretty good. When the year before Jimmy Butler, I mean, his efficiency wasn't great, but he was averaging almost 24. Yeah. And he was what, 21? Yeah. Just didn't let him have real Fucking, chance to yeah. grow. Jimmy Butler dogged him, and Thibodeau played him forty minutes a game, and didn't coach and him. Didn't. He just like go. Yeah, if we maybe had like a Brian Brian Saunders, even though he's not a great coach for those two years, or if we would have had Chris Finch four years ago, Andrew Wiggins would have made an All Star team. That's probably enough on Wiggins. <laughs> enough venting. We'll, we'll start his... our start our Andrew Wiggins summer podcast series. Also, next. he's still only like twenty six. No, he still could be a... if even that. Uh, yeah, I think he either just turned twenty five or twenty six. Yeah, I think in February. I think he just turned twenty six. Yeah, he's a year older than Towns. True, and Towns is twenty five. Yeah, so Andrew Wiggins. Could still make 10 all-star teams. You never know. He could be like the DeMar DeRozan and just blossom like two years later. All right. So after Andrew Wiggins, I picked (laughs) Lucius Allen. And then I picked Archie Clark. And then I went with Clint Capella, who you probably wouldn't think would have gone this high in this draft at, at all. But he's actually had a really kind of stealthy, pretty good couple of years with Houston and then probably was the fourth or fifth best center in the league this year yeah people always dogged him when he was with harden or something because they didn't think he was that good but it's because he was a rim runner basically which is i mean it's not like he's not a rim runner in atlanta but like he's he's to chill about he's like fourth place for like defensive player of the year this year or should have been like yeah everybody just gets if you're not like a future hall of famer you suck right all right after capella i picked dick mcguire and then i went with another slight kind of newbie who's perhaps underrated what he's done the last couple years is pascal siakam he made third team All NBA what two years ago? He was like a yeah, two or three time All Star. Regressed a little bit since the bubble, but still, pe- still one of those guys that people think he sucks now. But it's like he's he still averaged like nineteen and a half, like eight and four or something like that. Yeah, he's like a he's pretty still a good defensive player. Still a good player, just not exactly as good as people thought he was a couple on their championship season or the right. year after. 
Um, after him, I picked one of my favorite randos from the 90s, <laughs> Cedric Sabalos. I had a card of him early on, and I just I liked the alliteration, and he looked cool. So I think he was like doing a cool dunk in that card too, or something. Was like, yeah, I think it was, it was always, always him big... and like Nick Van Exel and like Eldon Campbell, who like you always thought they're a little bit better than they actually were, and, and like, then you look was... at their stats now. Yeah, they're all fine, but then it's like, yeah, he averaged like fourteen point nine points and six point eight rebounds. Like, okay, that's fine. Well, and that's, yeah, back when we were kids, I thought if you scored more than, like, 12 points a game, you were an all-star. Well, I mean, at one point, I thought Thurl Bailey was, like, the best player who'd ever played for the Timberwolves. <laughs> True. All right, so after Sabalos, I picked Mike Mitchell. Um, and then after him, I picked Keith Van Horn. He's another guy I had a overall pick. bunch of cards of growing up, and I thought he was, like, him and Kerry Kittles were like the second and third greatest players ever. I mean, he was like what, like the fourth guy on those Suns or not Suns Nets teams that made the finals. Yeah, he was always like just averaging like eighteen like, and yeah. like six or seven rebounds. I think his career didn't last super long. I don't think, but he was solid. He definitely didn't live up to his number two guy. pick potential, but he was his. But Fine, he, yeah. yeah. I was Andrew Wiggins before Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. If I was going into the NBA, I mean, I maybe would have liked it to last longer, but I'd be fine with a career like his. And he probably made like $50 million, so he's fine. So uh, after that, I picked Joe Folks. Jesus. He picked, made like $90 million. <laughs> Shit. And then I picked Caldwell Jones. And I picked Bob Boozer next. And then I had Jeff Mullins. And then I doubled up on the turn at the end of the 14th, beginning of the finally the last round of this. We're almost done. We got 31 picks left. So at the end of the 14th round, I picked Brian Winters. And then I doubled up with uh, Nene, who I don't think people remember. He was pretty good he was you know like 10 and 10 for his career and he was kind of the anchor of those like okay to pretty good nuggets teams with mellow and like gallinari and i think like chauncey billups and uh iverson at the end there and like oh wait yeah, it was just one of those guys i think he held on a long time and his numbers really diminished so you kind of forget how good he actually was at the beginning and like prime of his career yeah but he's, he's like you know the the classic center who doesn't do that much but he gets you 10 points and eight rebounds mm-hmm. all right after nene i picked walter dukes and then i picked uncle dennis uh <laughs> 3d himself dennis scott that's just a shout out for the no dumps people <laughs> yes Obviously, they're all listening to this. This is a crossover podcast. <laughs> uh, after 3D, I picked Billy Knight. And then I took Jimmy Jones, who may have the most boring name of all of these <laughs> players. Uh, after that, I picked Calvin Nat. And then I took Roger Brown. And I picked possibly the steal of this draft, at least... <laughs> 
from the time that we did these picks. I picked possible NBA Finals MVP DeAndre Ayton. In cool. full retrospect, we I think we made these picks in like May or April or something <laughs> before yeah, he like- kind of broke out in the playoffs. So if if we had done this in July, he'd probably be two rounds, two or three rounds higher, if not more. Yeah. And to be fair, I've always really liked him. I liked him coming out of college. Yeah, I've always just keep like. I'll text you at like midnight your time. Be like, oh, Timberwolves should have traded Carl Towns for DeAndre Ayton, which I thought was stupid like four months ago when people were bringing it up, and now I still probably I don't know if I would do it for the Wolves, but like you can see it. Like four months ago, you'd be like, oh, Towns, you got to get Ayton and. And Bridges and like a first and round Cam pick Johnson and, and a first or something or whatever. And it's just like, but now, now like, do the Suns say no? Probably. Yeah, the Suns would probably say no in a heartbeat at this point. The Timberwolves would probably say no too, but yeah, I love DeAndre Aiden. And I was <laughs> the first, except for whoever maybe the Suns GM is James Jones. James Jones, the greatest role player of all time who somehow didn't get picked in this even though he won like four championships with LeBron all right so after Aiden I took uh Matt Barnes's best friend Derek Fisher probably the Mm. worst player to ever win like five championships but he was there for him he's like the poor man's Robert Ory true and then I picked think Jalen Rose's dad Jimmy Walker I'm pretty sure I was looking at Jalen Rose's uh, spreadsheet thing stats website whatever you want to call it basketball reference that's it it's midnight here so <laughs> um, after Jimmy Walker took Johnny Green also I was just looking at Cedric Sabalos's nickname was the garbage man that's fair I don't know <laughs> why he'd be called the garbage man. Like, is he that? Is he bad, or is he just like picking up everybody else's shit and making it good? I don't know. Okay, so after Johnny Green, I picked Ray Williams, and then I picked Jeff Ruland. Just got to get some rebounding. Jim Pollard, and then Matt Calvin. And then I just needed some guy to smoke some weed at the end of my bench, so I picked Don Nelson. Got the pot belly and everything. <laughs> he's got to be one of those two. Is like he's probably the worst player ever to win like eight championships, just because he was <laughs> right. he was on he's the Celtics. Just... He's just some fucking guy who's like six three and not in shape, balding, pot belly, but just. You know, in 1964, it could go out and score you in 12 points. Right. Also, back to Jalen Rose's dad. Former number one pick. Didn't know that. Jesus. He was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jalen Rose. We Somebody picked Jalen Rose, right? Yeah, yeah. He had to have gone earlier. All right. So, after Uncle Donnie, I picked Phil Chenier. Don't know. Don't really care. <laughs> Then I picked Ray Scott. And after Ray Scott, I took a guy named Donnie Freeman. 
followed up by the microwave Vinnie Johnson. I was I f- was looking at Vinnie Johnson for like three rounds before you finally took him, and then I kept just being like, "Oh, I mean, I know he was like good, his... and he won like two championships." It was like he did only score like twelve points a game for a lot of those teams. Like he was yeah. nice player for the bad boys, but like. But all time, just some like, of those 80s stats too. It's just like, ah, you, you just can't pull the trigger when it's like, yeah, he scored, you know, 13 points and two assists and three rebounds. All right. Yeah, so after that, I took Jim Paxson. And then I took Eric Gordon, who and, would have had a much better career, but he had some injury problems in the middle there. Yeah. He's like the ultimate guy to just kind of get 18 points for a couple of seasons on like some pretty good not great teams but just never make an all-star team or you know a six man of the year or anything like that just be like pretty good but never like a piece that you needed to win a championship Mm -hmm. so after him i took alex groza i'm pretty sure he only played like two years in the league but he averaged like 25 and 14 or something like that and he was just nuts in like the late 50s or something like that and then, and I then picked, he got hurt <laughs> then i picked pretty much the same person as eric gordon i picked ben gordon <laughs> see this is when we need to get trey kirby on the line and talk about <laughs> ben gordon for 20 minutes just going over ben gordon tape <laughs> it was like the third pick too one year yeah I, mean, I think this is right around when we were getting like really into like you know college basketball and stuff so we knew all you know him and okafor and all those guys coming in and like had followed them for a couple years in college so was, you know he's one of those guys that's kind of like the og like we had known him since he was 18 years old type of player mm-hmm. Uh, so after Ben Gordon, I took a guy named Red Rocca. Sure. <laughs> and then I, I picked... think he's still alive. He might I not picked... be. <laughs> I picked Cliff Robinson, not to be confused with Clifford. Not to be confused with Uncle with Uncle Spliffy. Yeah. Uncle Spliffy. Okay, so after that, I took Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, he was pretty good. Sad, but... He was pretty good for those mellow, like, 08, 09 Pistons. Like, he was averaging, like, 17, 18, 19 points for a couple years. He was he was legitimately, like, their second or third best player on a Western Conference championship team. Yeah. So, I make, I make no excuses for Danilo Gallinari. I picked Steven Jackson. <laughs> One of those guys who was, I mean, he was pretty good, but just kind of there floating around the league for 10 years he was like he was kind of like the poor man's ron artest yeah just kind of go to a team like some of those golden state teams he averaged like 24 but they were all just pretty like not good teams yeah okay so after steven jackson we took the liberty on our last two picks to go way off the board uh, these guys probably wouldn't get picked in a probably not too much later, but like you know, if we went five, six, seven hundred deep, these guys might stay on the board. Uh, but there are favorite players growing up, which is a nice little end of the bench thing. So I took 
my guy Sam Mitchell, uh, who I used to think was one of the best Timberwolves players of all time. And then you go back and look at his stats for the Timberwolves, especially his last stint when he was like 37 years old. And he averaged like three and a half points and like a yeah, rebound <laughs> and a half. And he shot like 41% and he was 6'9". Yeah, I don't know how, because when we started getting into basketball in like the late 90s when he was on the Timberwolves, I don't know how you took a liking to him because he kind of sucked. I think I was just, I obviously loved Kevin Garnett, but I think I was just bored with Kevin Garnett, just I knew he was going to go out and get 20 and 10. And I think Sam Sam Mitchell must have scored like 28 points at a game we went to when we were like eight or nine or something. And I thought he was amazing and then didn't know what, you know, an 82 game average meant. So I was like, yeah, he scored 25 points or something. It's like, yeah, that's like his best game in four years. He averaged six. Yeah, his last couple of years weren't great. I mean, to be fair, he was like 35 at this point. Yeah. He did have a couple of okay seasons and early on when he averaged like 14 and 7 or whatever. When even yeah, when he came back to the Wolves, he was decent for 4 years and then He's your he's your classic old. 80s 90s hybrid backup power forward, you know, old man strength kind of guy. He's a good coach too. That's nice. I thought it was pretty cool that sam mitchell is like still relevant and he's like on nba tv and he also sounds like foghorn leghorn which is awesome because he's from like rural georgia yeah was he a coach of the year once yeah and then he got fired <laughs> fucking toronto okay and then mr relevant last pick in our 450 person mega draft i picked my favorite player growing up Malik Seeley, R.I.P. I can't believe it's been like 21 years (laughs) since he died. I remember vividly when you read like the Star Tribune or something the next day and you like cried in your bedroom. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you were what, nine? Yeah, it was like nine. And And he was 30 or 28 or whatever the fuck. And it was like just still starting to get into basketball. He was like my favorite player that season for some reason. I think for the same reason, like he was buddies with KG and I liked that. And and he hit that like game winning three, <laughs> which was fucking cool. That's, that's still one of like the best cool. game winners I think I've ever seen. I know. Well, they like keep whenever they do like old Wolves highlights, they always put that one in there. Because that's like probably still a top three Wolves <laughs> highlight. I don't know what beats that. Um, but yeah, he was, and he was pretty good. He, he was pretty good. Like, yeah, he was a good shooter. He averaged like 10, 12 for a couple seasons. And I think, yeah, he was like just kind of getting into the swing of things for the Wolves. So I think if he had another three, four, five years, he would have been, he may would maybe make the Wolves all time team, which would be kind of yeah. pathetic. But because last, let's see, his last year for the Wolves, he averaged. 11 and 4 which i mean is not not a ton but i mean in today's nba that's like averaging you know 15 and 6 the way the pace goes now 
What a rough like five year stretch though for your favorite players in sports. You had Malik Seeley get hit by a drunk driver in what was that two thousand? Yeah, fucking Reggie White, Kirby Puckett both dying within <laughs> like, like a year of time. each other. Yeah, that's not good. Not good. Don't be my favorite player, Dwayne Wade. Watch out! Right. Oh God. Protect. Kevin Garnett. Protect Chris Kevin Garnett Paul. with your life. Oh my God. I started reading Kevin Garnett's book. I've never read the word motherfucker so many times on paper. I was like reading an Amazon review and somebody was just like, oh, this is like unreadable. I was like, oh, it's, yeah. It's like, what did you expect? But it's in like, it's unreadable in like the best way possible. Yeah, it seems like it would just be like, kg talking to you pretty much yeah it's just like him saying you know bitch like stream of consciousness like uh jehovah god all the time and stuff and it's like what the fuck are you talking (laughs) about and then he'll just talk about how like chauncey billups was his best friend or something it's like cool that's nice yeah i kind of want to listen to the audiobook version of it oh my god if he i if he's narrating it that'd be if amazing he narrates it, i'm definitely gonna do that i really want to get though like i think it'd be hilarious if like clint eastwood or something narrated it or some some old like conservative actor that would be amazing does he talk about malik seeley in it he does. I'm only like the first. I'm only at B. And KG A to Z. But yeah, I think he mentions Malik Seeley once or twice. I think he kind of dedicates it to him at the beginning. I don't know. He's he's a rambling man. But yeah, we're we're done. <laughs> How does it feel? 450 players in like five months. I'm surprised it didn't get more pathetic. I mean, we picked. Sam Mitchell and Malik Seeley at the end, but I thought we were going to have to go into like really pathetic people. I definitely, yeah, at some point thought we were going to have to pick like Ricky Rubio and like it kind of tailed off weirdly at a point, but then like the next 200 people were all just kind of the same. Like everybody was Jason. Everybody, you can make a, you can make a case for pretty much everybody. Yeah. Like, you know, Jalen Rose is. A, was a good player like Ben Gordon. It's like, yeah, it's not the best, but it was like at one point he was the fourth best player on a pretty good team. And he regrets, and he's. We'll go over it, I think, more in depth in our last episode uh, in the next one. But quickly before we go today, any any last second thoughts? Just immediately, you know. Uh, your favorite pick, your least favorite pick, your, you know, pick that you're pissed at me for making. I was going to pick you at some point. I'm mad you picked <laughs> yourself I had earlier pick than, I, than I was going to. You just said mean things if you picked me. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know. I usually got the people that I wanted because I, yeah. I had a bunch of random kind of people. So I'd maybe I maybe picked them a little bit early than they should. Like I don't know, people seem to hate John Wall and people like that. So maybe I got them a little too early, but I like them and they're still a top hundred and fifty player of all time. 
like things like that right. that people might nitpick on. Right, or like a Baron Davis, I think you picked pretty early on, but like, I mean, he was still pretty good for a while. Right, like most of those people, it's like, yeah, maybe I picked them a little bit early, but I like them and they were within a range, so. Right, I think we definitely had... 30 people less but or further right. down but yeah there's always those people it's like i don't think anybody made a pick that was like holy shit i wouldn't have picked that guy for like eight rounds and i mean unless bobby wanzer is <laughs> actually trash right i think we definitely had a like different style teams too because you know you picked you know the minnesota timberwolves probably better than you picked like the detroit pistons or something but yeah yeah it was difficult to care about 15 different teams and <laughs> like sometimes when you this is why it would have been nice if we have you know more friends who actually give a shit about who are you know nba sickos like we are who would go 15 deep so we could divvy these out a little bit and you'd only be worrying about like three to six teams instead of 15 but yeah, it always sucked when you kind of started stacking some of those teams. It's like, oh, I got Jerry West and Bob Cousy. It's like, ah, now I don't want to. I want to put a cool guy on this team. I don't want to give right. them Alex English. I want to give them Sam Jones, who's a great player. But you kind of keep. You almost. I think we that. had a thing where we yeah kept kept some old players together, so we saved the cool newer guys for like our. You know, I think I had like the Raptors with KG, who I wanted to make really cool, fun team with like Tim Hardaway and stuff. And you had the Timberwolves, and I had the Celtics with Kobe and Dominique and yeah, I think we Humbo had, like, and Penny Hardaway and yeah, I think we each had like three or four teams that we just kind of focused on for the first ten rounds or so, just to make them like as interesting at least to us as possible so if we were back in i think february when we started this and i asked you to do a full uh full nba 15 round draft what would you say now i'd say cut it down to 10 (laughs) (laughs) same that was i think that was the hardest part maybe 12 at the most but after that it's just as you probably heard in this episode we just we're not scraping the barrel by any means but right like we're still picking decent players but i think it it distinctively got unfun after about round eight yeah i would think round you know six seven eight you're picking guys like you know jimmy butler still and you know della shrimp and donovan mitchell and then after that it just kind of gets role playery pretty quick mm-hmm. yeah so i mean that's it for the for the official draft here we are gonna come back for one more i think episode we're gonna we're gonna give every team a coach so we're gonna we're gonna go we're only gonna give them one coach we're not gonna fill out the whole <laughs> bench or anything fucking crazy like that we're not giving give you know steve kerr seven assistant coaches and anything like that but we'll do coaches and then we'll do a little bit more in-depth kind of final thoughts you know who who which team do we think was the best which team is gonna win a you know nba finals between all of these so stick around for that and we'll be back uh with one more
after this one. Then I swear we're almost done after that. All right. So uh, for John, we did it. <laughs> we finally fucking did it. Rainbow Jenny with raven hair, flowing in the wind without a care. Will you call me honey if I call you love? As it pours through the clouds above. Dear Mister Heron, I will give you peace. Dear me a heart, I'll give you peace. As your door keeps knocking on my restless heart, oh my love never long apart.